Thanks for joining us on the Future Food Show. We're excited to have Yulia Aumuller and Jens Tude from ProVeg as the guests for today's episode. Before we get started, I'd like to mention upcoming events in the cellular agriculture space. We'll be hearing about the sold-out New Food Conference taking place in Berlin later this year. Live Cells versus Livestock, Session 2, Policy and Regulation, is taking place in Santa Clara University in California on April 18th. Learn more about the event at futurefoodshow.com events. New Harvest 2019 is taking place on July 19th and 20th at the MIT Media Lab in Cambridge. Visit 2019.new-harvest.org to register and learn more. Planning for the Cultured Meat Symposium is now underway. If you're interested in getting involved, please contact us by emailing info at cms19.com. This episode was recorded on March 7th, 2019. Julia Aumüller studied sociology and specialized in sociology of food. She's working as an executive coordinator at ProVeg, working closely with the CEO, COO, and the international director. She's also responsible for organizing the new food conference. Jens Tüder studied philosophy and specialized in animal ethics. He's currently chief of staff and responsible for strategy at ProVeg International. Jens previously worked at Beyond Carnism and Animal Equality. He is a lecturer for animal ethics at several colleges in Germany, heads an interdisciplinary working group for animal ethics at the University of Heidelberg, and he runs an online database with arguments in defense of animal rights at www.animalrights.info. Having started out as a theorist, he has become increasingly interested in questions of activism and strategy directed at bringing about effective social change for animals. His current focus areas include clean animal products, early intervention, and collective impact. Yulia and Jens, I would like to welcome you to the Cultured Meat and Future Food Show. It's great to be on the show. Yeah, thanks for having us, Alex. I want to jump right in, and maybe you can tell us a little bit about what ProVeg is and kind of what the organization's goals have been uh, over, the, uh, over the last few years. ProVeg is, is an international food awareness organization, and, and we're working to basically change the global food system. Our mission is, is to reduce the global consumption of animal products by 50% by the year 2040. We call this Mission 50 by 40. And we consider this a, a crucial milestone on our way to a world where one day, ideally, everyone chooses delicious and healthy food that is good for all people, animals, and of course, our planet. And to reach that goal, we work with very important players from all social sectors, from the general public to public institutions, the corporate world, uh, the NGO sector, and so on. And we try, of course, to achieve large scale systemic change. How did it all start? Um, ProVeg is basically the successor organization of the German Vegetarian Union. Uh, we've had a history of, of dating back almost 150 years. And in, two, in 2017, we decided to transform this very successful national organization into something way bigger. Because we had sort of come to understand many of the, the world's most pressing problems, such as climate change, animal suffering, um, um, environmental degradation, world hunger, and diseases of civilization share basically one common cause, 
um, our food choices. And we had come to realize that these challenges are global in nature and therefore cannot be solved in one country alone. And this is why we have come to believe that our food choices can become sort of a, a multi-problem solution globally. So to achieve large scale and long-term change of the global food system, we have made very important strategic adjustments to the vegetarian union and implement, implemented a, a very inclusive and broad approach. So basically what we changed from this national organization to the current uh, institution called Provage is basically we, we widened our approach. So to include various arguments and motives for a more plant-based diet. We expanded our scope of target groups. So we try not only to cater for the vegans and vegetarians, but also reach out especially to everyone interested in reducing their animal intake because they make probably the most relevant target group in reaching 50 by 40. And of course, um, we've gone international from just one country, Germany, where it all started, to now six countries. So we now have offices also in the UK, in Spain, the Netherlands, in South Africa and in Poland. And which might be maybe quite interesting and exciting for you, Alex, we are currently establishing an office in the United States, and here's the good news, we are hiring. One of our next steps will probably be China. Um, that's a hugely important country from a strategic perspective, and we're in the process of doing some groundwork there as well. All this helps us to be really well positioned to achieve our very ambitious, but also realistic goal of 50 by 40 um, and a better world for everyone. And kind of we aspire to be the let's say that the Swiss army knife of NGOs, right? Like it's one tool for many solutions. In that original organization, the German Vegetarian Union, does that still exist or did it completely kind of transfer over to ProVeg? It completely transferred over to ProVeg. It has some 15,000 members in Germany and they um, welcomed and strongly supported the transformation to ProVeg because they understood that we wanted to go from a national organization catering more for the needs of the vegan vegetarian in-group to an organization that actually tries to change the global food system. So I know that there are uh, a couple different projects that ProVeg are working on specifically. One that we'll touch on a little bit later is the incubator, which I'm excited to chat with you about. But what are some of the some of the current projects that ProVeg is working on? And maybe also highlight a little bit about your personal backgrounds as well. Well, there are so many things happening at the moment. It's really difficult to keep track. And so I don't really know where to even start. But just, just a few highlights of what we're working on at the moment. So we're currently... Um, raising awareness in, in the global public about how our food choices can become a solution to many of these problems um, of our times. And we've got coverage of our message and work in all major or lots of major international news outlets around the world. Um, that's hugely important to spread the message and um, raise awareness. We also sort of disrupting the food industry with our ProVeg incubator, which um, Julia will talk more about later on. It's the first of its kind in Europe. Then we are not only disrupting, but also influencing the existing food industry with our new food conference. Again, the first of its kind in Europe, and Julia will speak more to that later on. We're also trying to influence um, global trade and consumer affairs with uh, the veggie world and uh, biofach these are two fairs that have now spread on 
Berlin to London to Shanghai in China. So basically globally, we've got um, fares that attract both consumers. So we've got B2B and B2C fares attracting all or very different uh, target groups and trying to raise awareness about the possibilities of alternatives to established animal products. We're also um, working on the um, or in the political department, we're trying to redirect the climate change discussion. So we've got campaigns and political outreach activities around the United Nations climate change conferences, the COP conferences, that's the uh, conferences of the parties, where we have put animal agriculture on the international climate change agenda. And we keep pushing uh, the conversation here, of course. And we also help building um, the global plant-based movement. So we strategically train activists to become more efficient and effective ambassadors for the mission of changing the global food system and reducing animal consumption. And I, I could go on, but you need to stop me here, I think, um, Alex. So each of you right now, you have a plant-based diet, is that right? That is correct. That's right, yeah. And so individually, when did you uh, personally start the, the plant-based diet and what was the main factor for you to make the switch? I started becoming more and more of a vegetarian, I remember about 10 years ago now, so quite some time. Um, and it was mainly for the animals, basically. So that was my main driver. Once I realized what we're doing to billions and billions of animals on Earth, I immediately basically stopped eating them. <laughs> right. And with me, it's almost the same time frame, like 10 years. I've always cared about animals a lot and continued eating them at the same time. And I, I got increasingly uneasy about this apparent uh, contradiction. And then I, when I majored in philosophy, I focused on animal ethics, read lots of the basic texts um, up to the point where I was no longer able to rationalize my inconsistent or the inconsistencies between my beliefs and my behaviors. And that was the moment when I started exploring the, uh, the plant-based lifestyle. But it has been a journey, I have to admit. Uh, it wasn't easy in the beginning. And I am very compassionate, I'm very understanding and have lots of compassion for those people who need some time to transition to that. And I think there's no such thing as a perfect or ideal or pure vegan or plant-based lifestyle. It's more like um, we find ourselves in a very complex world full of contradictions and we should try our best to, to live with that and make the right choices. But purity should not be the thing to, to strive for because that is constantly frustrating and it is also sending probably the wrong signals. Definitely well said. And, and there's a, a big movement, the reducitarian movement, as I guess uh, we've been calling it lately, with Brian Cateman leading the way. And, and I think that really highlights that it's, it's not about strict diets. It's about being able to do as much as you can. Um, and, and of course, Berlin is a, is a really great place to have a lot of different vegan options too. So, so that's also great. Absolutely. But it's also a risk of being in the vegan bubble, right? So sometimes it's good to leave Berlin and just get a reality touch and just understand uh, what's really going on. But yeah, you're right. Later this month, ProVeg will be hosting the New Food Conference in Berlin. Can you tell us a little bit about the conference and the main focus of the event? Sure, yeah, I'd love to. So even though new protein is actually one of the most um, discussed topics in the global food industry, there has 
up to now really been not a large conference, large international conference in Europe featuring these developments in both um, the plant-based food sector and, and the cultured animal products. And this is basically where ProVeg comes in. So the new food conference is um, designed to have not too much of a science focus, which we can see in a lot of other conferences that do a great job on that. But actually, we're rather focusing on um, consumer acceptance of these new products. So um, our goal is to shape the changing European food industry, um, to raise positive media attention around the issue, raise awareness. And we also definitely want to promote networking among our industry partners, um, as well as stimulate a critical discussion. The audience of the New Food Conference will consist of um, international stakeholders from the food industry. Also, a lot of retailers will be present, along with lots of startups, investors, social and natural scientists, as well as obviously the media and, and politicians. We're super excited for the conference to happen. We can't wait. We're actually um, sold out by now, um, but still very happy to receive requests, special, um, special asks and reservations for the next New Food Conference. And what are the dates that it will be held? The 21st and the 22nd of March. There will also be a live stream, which might be um, really interesting for people who were not able to attend this time. And what is the best URL for people to get more info about the live stream and the event in general? ProVeg.com slash new minus food minus conference. You will find every piece of information that you need there. And we'll also post that link in the comments of the show notes uh, as well. Perfect. So I, I want to talk a little bit about what was mentioned earlier, the ProVeg Incubator. Uh, but before I do, I want to ask a couple questions related to clean meat and cultured meat. I guess my first question is, from a terminology standpoint, uh, what is the term that you guys use either in German or English uh, to describe clean meat, cultured meat, cell-based meat? We have a lot of terms flying around, but what term do you, you does your organization typically use? Yeah, same thing here, Alex. Um, we at the moment have decided to go with cultured meat because that translates quite well into German. We started off with clean, but that's a problem in German, and it also might set off um, parts of the industry as they still are very much practicing, also producing the other um, alternatives, which might be considered dirty or something. So we don't want to um, put them off, but rather incentivize them to go towards uh, these alternatives. We looked into the possibility of, of cell-based, which is well, there's a nice, there's a, some kind of nice correlation with plant-based and cell-based, right? There's a, um, a similar kind of uh, positioning with that, but it doesn't really translate that well in German, and it also is maybe too technical. And there's also some logical issue with that because cell-based, well, um, plant-based is also cell-based. It just depends on what kind of cells we're talking about. So at the moment, we're going with plant-based and uh, cultured alternatives. But we are very open to whatever comes up with uh, in terms of new uh, terminology. And um, let's just see what the future brings. It's an exciting area and uh, an open mind is, is crucial at this stage, I think. But cultured meat and cultured eggs and uh, cultured dairy products is what we at this moment are using uh, with ProVeg. When did programming start uh, with ProVeg regarding clean meat? Was there a particular time frame 
where the organization decided, okay, we're gonna, uh, you know, we're gonna start uh, building resources and infrastructure to support these companies. Was there a particular time frame when that started? Um, yeah, basically early in 2017, when we were about to actually transition from uh, the vegetarian union to pro-veg, and we had lots of strategic meetings, and we're looking into all the possibilities to reach 50 by 40, our, our mission. We, of course, had all the alternatives, all the possibilities and options on the table and discussed them very critically. And it turned out that the, the possibilities of clean animal products um, have a huge potential to help us towards reaching our mission and creating a better world. So that was the moment we decided to include tentatively though, for the time being, it's still a very new technology and we are critical, um, but also optimistic and want to accompany the, the whole process of this debate and also hope to shape it in ways that we deem fit and proper to serve the um, purpose and mission that we want to achieve. So let's talk about the ProVeg Incubator. Uh, what kind of companies are accepted into the program and what does the programming look like for those who do get accepted? Yeah, so in November 2018, last year, ProVeg launched uh, the, the first food incubator, food startup incubator in Europe to promote disruptive plant-based and clean animal products. So we do accept both plant-based startups and clean animal products startups. We provide expertise and access to our large network of experts, food companies, distributors, and investors, which is super attractive, obviously, for, for the startups. The four-month program itself is very flexible, tailored to the specific needs of each startup. It consists of workshops, online conferences, one-on-one -on -one sessions with mentors and coaches, and the startups will, um, within these four for months, work on their brand, um, marketing strategies, optimizing sales and market footprint. Obviously, supply chain management will be explored, will help them to identify potential cost savings, bottlenecks, etc. And we also provide um, a modern co-working space right in the center of Berlin that comes with a lot of crucial infrastructure, such as a commercial kitchen area to facilitate research or product development and also makes um, small-scale production um, possible. Of course, we also prepare the startups for the perfect investor pitch. And our last cohort actually celebrated their official pitch night in February. Um, they consisted of nine plant-based and two clean meat startups. Right now, we're really looking forward to welcoming um, the next cohort this month. They will be selected from over 50 applicants, so we're really excited um, about that. This uh, upcoming cohort will be the second batch, is that right? Yes, correct. Are applications for that batch still open or have they closed? They have actually closed because the cohort will start in about two weeks, so it might be a little too late by now. It is possible, though, to um, to still reach out to our incubator team at any time um, in case, you know, there might be like a, a possibility for a waiting list or something, um, really depending on the startup and how, how promising the product will be. And there will be a third cohort, no doubt. Around what time might the applications for that third cohort open up? Maybe later this year? 
they will open up pretty pretty soon after the second cohort will start. So um, I would guess it, within uh, the first weeks of April, it will already be possible to apply for the cohort after. Oh, that's exciting. Okay, cool. And then a lot of these types of programs, they either take a fixed number of um, equity or they have a program fee. Are there any kind of uh, fees or equity compensation that's collected from the pro-veg incubator or does that vary? Yeah, so um, one of the actually most exciting things about our incubator is that there is no fee and no um, no equity taken from ProVeg. Um, ProVeg being a nonprofit organization um, makes it a, a very special partner for startups because we do not take um, take any fee, but we actually want to encourage startups to to really work on our mission with us. So it's it's really a, a very mission driven incubator and not about making profit. I want to shift gears a little bit to uh, the European market. And so if we're looking at the European market in general, um, how do the, the plant-based startups, I know clean meat is a little bit early to, to speak to, but how do the plant-based startups in the European market compared to the rest of the world, either the US or different markets? Yeah, so there are definitely some interesting um, differences. So first of all, um, I think the startup culture is just very different in Europe and especially in Germany compared to compared to the US. And so is the culture of investing. So people in Germany are um, generally, I'd say, a bit more reluctant um, to found a company or to invest in one, um, which is definitely a cultural um, cultural question. Also, the focus on health benefits of plant-based foods um, seems to be a stronger factor in the U.S. In Europe, the ethical and environmental arguments seem to play a stronger role, um, especially in countries like Germany and Sweden, etc. The plant-based market is definitely booming in Europe. And in terms of clean meat, we're still... I'm seeing a lot of potential for growth. Um, so most of the cell egg startups, for example, are really located in the U.S. The hubs in Europe um, are at this point Israel um, and the Netherlands, which is actually one of the main reasons we are starting the ProVeg incubator and hoping to to really to really grow that sector much more in Europe as well. Jens, one of your current focuses is on clean animal products. Can you please tell us exactly what that means and some of the example products or pro projects that you've worked on? Yeah, I think um, there are other people who are, who are better suited to speak to the technical side of things and all the exciting developments. But let me maybe speak more to it from the perspective of an NGO with the, the core focus of promoting actually a plant-based diet. So isn't, isn't that a kind of contradiction in terms, right? So... Um, and I don't think so, but let me explain why. Because lots of people have been asking this question, you're called pro-veg, so what are you doing with, with cultured animal products in the first place? So um, the rationale is very simple. Um, according to most experts we've talked to, the, uh, the purely plant-based alternatives to animal products have a very good environmental and health balance. And they, of course, um, obviously, um, also avoid any animal use. So plant-based is, is basically the perfect solution in these regards, theoretically, that is. And, and here's the slide, but maybe rather tremendous hitch. Um, the good reasons don't usually go all the way to, to bringing about behavioral change in people. And this is where cellular agriculture products come into play. So for most people, 
taste preferences and habits and social pressure play quite a significant role in their dietary decisions. They like to eat what they are familiar with and what others around them eat. Um, and as a result, many people find it rather difficult to make a change when it comes to, to their food choices. And even if the, the numerous arguments in favor of such a change are obvious and compelling and even in their own interest. So in such an ecosystem, an effective additional way to achieve positive change would be to help people minimize the negative effects of eating meat without having to change that very behavior or even change their attitude, at least at the beginning. So this would affect the vast majority and would have enormous positive effects on, on many problems. So Provage basically promotes plant-based foods as, as the perfect solution. But since this is an imperfect world we found, find ourselves in, we consider cell-based products um, complementary, um, not as a replacement, but actually as a complement to what we're doing with a huge potential. And, and we are still in the early stages, of course, uh, which is why we, are also, we also want to retain a, a very nuanced and somewhat critical perspective in order to be able to identify, say, potential challenges and drawbacks in connection with this development. Uh, and help find solutions to that. But that is roughly, in a nutshell, the, um, the idea behind um, a mainly plant-based, vegetarian, vegan organization supporting something that, uh, on the face of it, does not really look like something that is vegan or vegetarian or, or plant-based. But at the end of the day, it serves the same purposes. There was um, the, the pro-veg goal. I think it was, uh, and correct me, it was, it was 50 by 40? Correct. Okay, and and so that was reduce consumption by fifty percent by the twenty forty. Correct. And so if we're if we're talking about clean meat, or you know cultured uh, animal products, and this is the million dollar question, or maybe I should say million euro question. Yeah. Are we looking at twenties, thirties, forties, fifties? When do you see that these products will? will be coming to market? Maybe not necessarily dominating 50% of the market, but coming to market. It is indeed the $1 million slash euro question, Alex. We've got very different uh, information on that. We've talked to lots of experts, and uh, some of them are very optimistic. Um, they sometimes are invested into the subject a bit more because they have their own companies, and they tend to be more optimistic. Others are are more conservative with their estimates. It's between three years, five years, 10 years, what we've heard. Um, but we believe that once it um, scales up um, to the level that we expect it to do, uh, it can be quite the game changer we've been waiting for. And maybe it's not so much the question exactly when it comes, whether it's going to be a couple of years, like two or three, or maybe a few more. I think the moment when it really scales up and is more attractive, available, and accepted by the majority of the consumers, it can change the whole situation, the whole landscape globally so fast that um, this is potentially part of the solution for a sustainable food system that is more just humane and accessible for everyone on this planet. What is the best way for listeners to get involved and support ProVeg? Yeah, so ProVeg um, has grown considerably in the past few years, um, mainly thanks to generous supporters um, that have helped us 
create many new programs and projects um, like the ProVeg Incubator that we've heard about, like the New Food Conference. And in order to um, increase or further increase um, the overall effectiveness and quality of our products and sustainability of our interventions, we are definitely always looking for highly qualified staff um, from diverse backgrounds that help us grow in all relevant areas. What we focus on mostly at the moment is the support for our headquarters and internal infrastructure. Uh, what are some things that we can look out for from ProVeg in the near future? Well, the, the most exciting things um, to expect from our side include, of course, um, our expansion to the United States. So we are really totally thrilled to enter the American market with great opportunities. And again, we are hiring. Right? So please go to um, www.proveg.com and check out our job openings there. We are really looking forward to your applications. Um, we're, of course, also excited uh, about going to China, given its current economic growth and increase in prosperity and how that usually translates into people buying more animal products. This poses a huge potential for us to help shape this development away from conventional animal foods and towards alternatives in probably the world's greatest and biggest, most influential market. Of course, there are, as, as Julia has already pointed out, future plans regarding the new food conference. Um, there's also a new batch of applications for the uh, incubator. And finally, we are also looking to expand our activities directed at the next generations, that is young people. Um, we all know that our eating habits and gustatory preferences are formed early on in life. This is why ProVeg has always focused not only on convincing adults to change their eating habits, but also making sure that the formative periods of childhood and adolescence are covered by our outreach. So children are less set in their ways. They are more open in general. And also they are going to be long-term consumers and future decision makers with huge impact on the world. So we have several interventions directed at educating and empowering school children to make healthy food choices as well as training caterers such as Sodexo to provide healthy, climate-friendly, humane meals in schools. And only recently have we received the United Nations Momentum for Change Award for exactly these kinds of interventions. So promoting human health and planetary health through diet. And that was an amazing acknowledgement and um, motivated us to um, possibilities of reaching out to the next generation. Yulia, you had mentioned two clean meat companies in the first batch for the ProVeg Incubator. Can you give us the introductions to those companies? Yeah, so the two clean meat companies um, that we had in our first batch were um, a company called Clear Meat from India, and the other one was Mighty Meat from um, Cyprus. Awesome, and we look forward to seeing updates from, from them in the future as well. You can get in touch with Yulia and Jens on LinkedIn and ProVeg at www.proveg.com. Are there any last insights you'd like to share with our listeners today? Well, Alex, these are definitely challenging, but at the same time, also incredibly exciting times we find ourselves in right now. They are challenging because we are facing so many different issues at once and exciting because we have a very unique opportunity to, to turn our food choices into a, as we call it, a ProVeg multi-problem solution 
and we can help save the climate, protect the environment, spare animal suffering, improve food justice and human health on our plates uh, three times a day. So the future of what we eat will also determine the future of humankind and of this planet. Yulia and Jens, thank you so much for being with us today and sharing your insight on the Future Food Show. Thanks a lot, Alex, for having us. Absolutely. Thank you, Alex. This is your host, Alex, and we look forward to being with you on our next episode. As always, thanks for listening. Support future episodes at patreon.com slash futurefoodshow.